Maybe I sound a bit cheesy, but I was watching this movie called Empire Records, movie from the 90s with Liv Tyler with the soundtrack sounding like this. When I think about my life, I The plot is quite easy, there are a bunch of friends working on a record store and they try to save it from gentrification. They put a lot of things together, they call out for a concert, they call out for the old community and then this shop is saved. Then something popped up into my mind. What do we have here? What are the local bikes shop that are building up communities? That's why we are going to go live with a mini-series of three episodes where we are going to talk with some of the coolest, in my opinion, bike shop around the world. This is episode number two. Hello everybody and welcome to Brumagoon. You will not get there on a road bike. How are you doing people? I hope that you are doing great and that these episodes finds you super well. I hope that the mini-series finds you super well and I hope that you're supporting today as well your local bike shop. I usually do it. I'm fortunate enough to have many local bike shops that I love, but this really close bunch of people will always have my bikes. At least one of those. I mean, yeah, we're gonna talk about that as well during the episode. How many bicycles do I own at the moment? Just teaser alert, only three. It's enough. I don't need any more. Actually, I'm trying to reduce. That's another story, though. Thanks a lot for listening to this podcast. Thanks a lot to Komoot for supporting it, as usual. And you all know how much Komoot is supporting the community. The community of adventures, the community of uh, riding the bike into remote areas. But yes, mainly adventures. We all love it. Remember, if you go to the Broom Wagon uh, code, so let me rephrase it. If you go to commutecom slash G like Greenland and you write the code broom, you can take advantage of another area, geo area, region. Here it is, free region. So you can actually really move around the world or in this extra free region with a lot of super amazing features. It's really good. Please do it. You are going to have enough fun. And then if you want, actually subscribe for the full maps experience because it's cheap and it's worth it. Nothing else to say. Um, yes, let's start from that again. Thanks a lot for people that supported this podcast with the coffee link that is down below. Calling out super straight means that a lot of people responded. Thanks a lot for that and I will do it again. Please, people, support this podcast. Support the Broom Wagon. Only in this way we can keep being independent. I can keep being independent. Down in the description below you will find the coffee link. There you can drop me some coins for offering me a coffee and keep my content production independent and hopefully cool. Remember as well that you can also support this podcast with subscribing, rating, and commenting in all the platforms where you're listening to this podcast. I hope you will do it because this would help me on climbing all the charts there. What else to say? Support Bikeigis also there. The link is down below. The amazing charity from Berlin that is teaching women to learn their bike. And that's super powerful. And last thing, episode number two of the mini-series about the local bike shops. Today we go to Shona and Richard. They are in Manchester. They own the shop called K 
keep pedaling and they are super badass. I met them the first time in my life and I love them from the first second when we were in that school in Bishkek for registration day of the Silk Road Mountain Race. They were approaching the Silk Road Mountain Race, aka the most difficult ultra endurance of the world, I would say. I mean, I saw it with my eyes, it is. And they were doing it on a tandem with a huge smile. They had to scratch the time, but then I met them again in Morocco for the Atlas Mountain Race. That time they were with two normal solo bikes, but they finished it and all the time with that amazing smile in their face. If I have to describe in a few words what adventure means for cyclists, well, I would answer Rich, Shona and their little dog Olive. Listen to them, they are awesome. People, I have kind of a deja vu here because the first time that I met these two amazing people that I have in front of me, this time not live, that time was live, but now it's actually uh, in a phone call. It was in Kyrgyzstan, it was in Bishkek, it was at the registration day of the Silk Road Mountain Race. These two amazing people were riding a tandem through the Silk Road Monte Race 2019. It was registration day still. And I remember that I was doing the same mistake that I'm doing right now. I mean, I started kind of asking questions, but I didn't push the recording button on the microphone. So actually we went through half an hour and then I said, fuck people, I need to start again. And I remember that a lot of us were, a lot, many people of us were laughing. Then we met again also in Morocco for the Atlas Monte Race. And now because of this amazing mini series, I thought, okay, these are the best character that I can have talking about bike shops and stuff. I will actually cut it short by saying, hi Shona, hi Richard, how are you doing? We're fine, thank you. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. And uh, yeah, something like I can see, really, really, I can see, even if I think that the one that the background that you have there in Zoom is a Zoom background, right? It's not, it's your shop, but it's a photo, isn't it? Uh, it's a real shop with real sunshine. Okay. Yeah, we have sunshine in Manchester. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Real bikes, sunshine, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's perfect. So yeah, tell me, give me a bit of, uh, let's say, of context. Where are you at the moment? How, what's the name of your shop? Okay, so we are Keep Pedaling. Uh, we're in Manchester in the UK. Um, we have been going 11 years. Oof. Um, yeah, a long time. Um, and when we opened our own bike shop, we decided we wanted to sell bikes that did the stuff we like to do. So that was touring, adventure racing, putting your stuff on them and just basically heading out into the middle of nowhere to have fun, really. Uh, and there was a definite gap in the market in like Manchester in this area. So, um, so yeah, so we just decided to do what we wanted to do. Yep, so we, we sell what we like um, and we use what we sell and uh, it just it just snowballs really. And now we have customers all over the world and uh, all over the UK and we just, um, yeah, keep on keeping on. Keep on pedaling. Um... Before, so what started first? I mean, uh, what came first? Was first the shop and then your passion for bicycles or the other way around? No, from, from a uh, small boy, I was always taking bikes apart and um, usually putting them back together in the right order. Uh, and uh, my youth spent riding around the, the corners of Wales and... Um, in, in the fields and uh, just messing around on bikes. So it's always been like that. Um, I've probably been riding off-road for 30, 35 years or so. 
and um, just I've been in bike shops now for 20 years and, uh, and Sharon has come from uh, also from retail background and from being outside and uh, being exploring and going and seeing the world so now we just do it all together that's super amazing it's great uh, no, it's all together. <laughs> all, almost everything together almost <laughs> well yeah we live together work together race our bikes together race your bikes and also ride your bikes i mean not it's not only even if i met you completely in a race situation even if you are the kind of uh, participants to this event and pair on this event that don't really race for winning but more for the experience but you did a lot of this experience in the exploring i would say exploration side of bikes right yeah yeah we've done a bit of touring we've taken a flight to north africa and then rode around a lot and you know come back again and iceland and sort of you know various places so yeah we're happy just to put our stuff on a bike and go go and see what's out there it's always nice to go and, and see different places you know um even if it's only 100 miles away it's well everything is different the scenery and people and what's on the ground so um, yeah and um, And now we're, we're taking the dog as well, so we do a bit of dog packing. All good, and hopefully inspire some more people to get out there and dog pack, you know, the whole family. <laughs> That's super great. And who carries the dog? So you have the dog that is in a, in a carrier, right? In a trolley attached to the bike, or you have him somewhere else? No, no. On a, we have a couple of bikes that are dog compatible. Uh -huh. um, the Surly Go Scrappler and the Salsa Black Borrow. So um, sometimes it's better to take a smaller bike and, um, you know, if you want to get it on a train, you want to facilitate and use your integrated transport, then we can, we can do that. Or if you leave from the door, then a bigger bike is fine too. So but you can put a dog basket on anything. Oh, wow. No, that's, that's great. That's great. Maybe not all dogs, though. <laughs> Depends. Uh, exactly. What's this, uh, first of all, what's the name of the dog? Olive. Olive. Perfect. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, Olive. What's the size of Olive? So, she is seven kilos. Okay. So, not very big. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you sometimes, if you're on a bigger, a bigger dog, then you may use a trailer or a bigger bike. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's always good. It's good. Okay. And uh, we talked already about that off records. And anyways, we are going to arrive there as well at a certain point. But are you going to take also Olive as well? Or with you in the Silk Road Monte Race in Kyrgyzstan or not? <laughs> I think there's enough dogs in Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> It's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. And, and not enough clean water probably for all of them. But that's another story. But they can survive. <laughs> Perfect. Um, let's start from the beginning then. So I would love to know before going into the keep pedaling and the experience that you have in there and the community that you're actually nurturing with your stories, but also with your bikes and amazing work. Uh, I want to start from the beginning. How actually people, uh, for the both of you, the bicycle started being part of your life. So when the bicycle really hit your life and, uh, Then how did you move also into the adventuring side? How did you actually start with bikes and arrive at the point where we are now? Uh, well, like I said before, I was always... Always. Always on a bike. Um, when, you're a, when you're a child, you... I mean, all, a long time ago, then you had the bike that your parents gave you. Mm -hmm. That was it. You didn't get to choose all these different bikes. You just had the one with two wheels and off you went. 
um, much simpler. Uh, but now, um, but then I started doing lots of mountain biking, and then a lot of people they they do they move from social rides to competitive rides. Mm -hmm. So we did twenty four hour mountain bike racing, and so going around in circles in a field. Um, and you do that for a few years, and then you realize that you need to get out of the field, and uh, you go a bit further. You go a bit further, and uh, and then it's yeah, you just do everything. Then you can go and you can go and uh, explore other countries, and um, you know, just put a. It's not complicated. You put a bike on a plane, and, and off you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. everyone is friendly. No, yeah. it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. But but only the only boundaries are ones you place on yourself, generally. That's absolutely true. When you say actually, yeah, but it's not possible. Ha, ah, but I could never. That's not really true. I mean, try and no. do it. There's. A, I always use, and that's something that actually is one of the pillars. Well, just give me one second. I'm messing up, and I need to do that. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I had some problems with the battery of uh, device that I'm using. Um. Uh, what was? Ah, yeah. That's one of the pillars actually of the broom wagon, and is the why not approach. The point is that not why doing it or just already putting on yourself a boundary and saying, ah, this is impossible. You cannot do that. The point is that once somebody tells you. Do you want to do something? Or when yourself, actually, you think about, I can do something, never say, why doing it? Or never say no before thinking, but say, okay, why not? And then you can start doing everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we do, we do get people come into the shop or they contact us mm -hmm. and they ask. They think it's very complicated when it's not. And once it's explained or you just remove barriers by saying, yeah, it's simple, just go and... Put it in a box, put it on a plane, put it on a train, go and go and ride wherever you want. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And what about you, Shona? How did you start your how did you start your journey with bikes? Um, for me, I I was just commuting, um, and then it, yeah, Rich and I have a weird history. We both used to work as motorcycle couriers, which was how we knew each other many, many, many years ago. Okay. And then we drifted apart, and then one day we bumped back into each other, cycling home, um, and then the rest, they say, is history. But yeah, our first date was, he took me on a mountain bike ride, and I'd never been mountain biking, and in return, I was a long-distance walker and a runner. I, I dragged him along the coast of Wales for a number of days till his feet fell apart and he couldn't walk anymore. So, um, so yeah, so I suppose through Rich, I started doing more off-road riding than walking and we sort of just like mixed it up uh, and yeah it went from there really but for me a bike had always been a means of transport more than anything else just to get around mm -hmm. okay okay yeah it makes sense and then yes uh, starting adventuring together between walking and going off-road I really like actually this combination because now that's what you're doing you're going off-road in super technical terrain for a lot of time I mean it's long distance adventuring let's say you can do it walking as well but probably on a bike is a bit faster but it makes sense so actually you started your adventuring bicycles really were kind of a constant and then keep pedaling arrived I think that you are in the city center of Manchester, Manchester, right? So, but tell me more. So, something like, tell me how the things came together, how it is actually in Manchester, and everything together with that. Yeah, I mean, when we're we're in what is probably a very um, 
trendy area of Manchester. There are a lot of bars and restaurants and barbers and coffee shops. And uh, when we started, there was no bike shops at uh, all. No, there were, well, there was a small repair shop, mm. but that that was here for probably a year after we opened. Um, and then now there are another three bike shops, but uh, there was no one, I think, doing. You know, there's lots of shops that do everything. You know, don't come here looking for BMX because, you know, I'm not bendy enough for that kind of thing. So we just do. Uh, we specialize in the adventure touring and just standard touring and uh, getting out there and using the bike for everything. You know, you don't, you don't need a special bike to do things, but you can use one bike. You can have one or two or three bikes, but you could just have one bike to do everything. Uh, go on adventures, ride to work, go to the shops, everything. So, um, but we st when we started, we were doing more, a bit of everything. We did some commuting bikes and some hybrids. Uh, we never really did pure road bikes, but um, so now we, we don't do so much. We funneled our, our offering uh, into more adventure gravel and, and lots and lots of uh, accessories to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah? little things that you need to attach to your bike to carry all your accoutrement mm -hmm. yeah it makes sense so basically actually keep pedaling is really um a bike shop specialized or exclusive for adventure cycling long distance cycling that's what it is actually if i go through and i scroll through your the menu of I say that actually I talk about digital world because i met you in person twice actually i mean for long i mean for two weeks the first time and one week the, the other way around, probably. One oh, week the yeah. first time and two weeks the second time. Uh, we talked a lot of time, but I never came really visiting you there. So I actually needed to have a look to your website a bit more to know what's going on and to your um, Instagram feed and everything. But if you actually go through the brands that you're taking care of or actually the accessories, and it's really everything really specific on the adventuring, the traveling, the bike touring and the bike packing, right? We could define it in this way. Bicycle shop specialized in bike touring, bike packing, anyways, adventuring on the bike, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think before Rich was working in a bike shop, I was running an outdoor shop. So it was it was like everything that we liked to do. So um, I think Rich wanted to do more of the touring and adventure stuff. And where he previously worked, they weren't so receptive to that. So we just went, stuff it. We can do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And how is the community? I mean, how was the community when you started? I mean, let's start from the beginning. I have to say that most of my listeners here are from UK. And wherever, whatever of one of those ultra bikepacking events, or how do you want to call them, or also just bikepacking events or bike touring stuff, blah, 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 you can really see that it's a really solid base of people coming from UK. Silk Road Monterey, a lot of people coming from UK. Um, Transcontinental Race, same thing. I mean, also there we have to say that everything started from people from people from UK as well. So the founder were there. Uh, then everything related to that. So really the basics of this ultra endurance event and uh, yes, bike packing events are really strong coming from UK. But how is Manchester on that? Uh, there is a good community of these kind of vibes in cycling or everything started together with you. How does it work? I think there are a, 
uh, there is a big community of people here who like to get out on their bikes or, or whatever out in the country. And, and Manchester is a great place to be based because you have the, you know, it's a, an hour each way on the train or, or however is you're in the countryside. So you can be in Wales, you can be in the Yorkshire Dales, in Lancashire, in the Peak District. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all on our doorstep, really. So we get the most, best of both worlds. We mm-hmm. get... We get the the airport and the cinema and or you know, all the all the cultural things that we need uh, in the centre, and then it's not very far at all by train or by bike to to wherever you want to be to the mountains to the no well we don't have big mountains but we have we have hills we have green you spaces. have good hills exactly exactly uh, yeah. so it's a, it's a good place in the centre of the country yeah you're not too far away as well from the three peaks right. Yeah, like uh, an hour north, hour and a half maybe from uh, from the middle of Yorkshire. Ah, perfect. And then from there, actually, you have also some decent, you said hills, but actually decent mountains. There is also snow there usually. So, yeah, I would say that you can have a good dose of adventure there as well. Yes, yes, because it's not far from the Three Peaks. You, you're in the Yorkshire Dale, in the, in the, what am I saying? Uh, where are you? Well, you're in Cumbria. You're in the Lake District, yes. you know, big, big hills. Um, or if you go the other way, you're in Wales and Snowdonia. So it's all, it's all on our doorstep. It's fantastic. That's super great. And what about actually, Dan, we're talking about the community in UK, talking about exploring and talking about yeah, adventuring and everything like that. But did you see any change since when you started adventuring or you started your shop until now? in the community, but also in uh, all the events that are happening, everything that is happening right there. Yeah, I think we're probably spoilt for choice in events that are going on. I mean, there's everything from, you can, again, going back to Wales, you can go and do the Bare Bones events over in mid-Wales. Uh, they've been going longer than anything. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot more people just interested in going out and doing a weekend away, mm. you know, going out and sleeping under the stars in their bivvy bag. You know, a lot of people possibly never thought of that, never thought it was so accessible. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Actually, I think that when you started everything aware, when actually you uh, you made the move actually of starting the, um, the shop and everything, maybe there were less, but now actually thanks to all the social media that we have right there and all the stories that are told, the books that are being re- they have been written about that. And uh, yeah, and I mean, also thanks to you people, a lot more people really and... Let's see if I have two francs. Yes. And thanks to the pandemic, a lot of people... I'm going to tell you about that in one second. Uh, thanks to the pandemic, I think that really a lot of people are a bit more keen of not taking a flight and going somewhere to enjoy their adventure, but even just taking a bike, exploring the doorstep and uh, the backyard, as I call it, and uh, really just living under the stars, right? Yeah. You don't have to go far to have an adventure, whatever that may be, or however you want to call it, you know, take, take yourself, take your partner, take your dog, take your girlfriend, take your child, you know, and nothing, again, going back to the barriers thing, you know, nothing is holding you back apart from what if, yeah. you might as well go and do it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, the, the, the scariest thing in the forest is probably you. Absolutely. Everybody's scared by you. I think they're in the forest more than you should be scared about something else. You're right. You're completely right. No, I'm sorry. I think that I need some explanation about all the mess that they made with the coin. Uh, basically, this is a COVID jar. It's a COVID jar. 
So all the time that basically myself or my guests are naming COVID, everything started in 2020 because when I was making my podcast, especially around March, everybody was talking about COVID. I didn't want to talk about COVID because we already were really overwhelmed by that into the news. I said, okay, in order to limit this all the time that myself or my guests are naming it, I'm going to drop a coin into the COVID jar. Uh, so that actually I can limit all these things, otherwise I'm going to go broke completely. And this is actually is going on, and the idea is that all the time, because we need to put things in a context, all the time that they name or you name COVID, I'm going to drop a coin. At the end of the season, all the content of this COVID jar is going to go to a charity. Last year was Sea-Watch, uh, so actually the association, that the charity that is saving people in Central Mediterranean. This year, go everything goes to Baikigis, that is an association, a charity in Berlin, and they are teaching women, refugees, to ride the bike. Because a lot of women from Afghanistan arriving in Berlin or from Syria, they never have never experienced going on a bike because it's a cultural thing and a religious thing and everything like that so it's super cool on that sense so i named it i'm super happy for doing that and then i put also this explanation there together um we were talking about then community right so for sure you are pushing people of being outdoor thanks to your job right but i truly believe that actually everything starts as well by giving the example how do you share your example with uh, the, your potential customers or your audience or the people that are coming to the shop? Because I, we were talking about that. You are actually, you have been kind of super active in the exploring world, traveling with the bike. Plus, you told me that, for example, last weekend you did an overnighter. So you're really active in this sense. But how do you share actually your activity in order to inspire the people to join the adventuring on the bike world? I, I guess since we started, we've always in different ways, either done a blog or Instagram. We used to do like a lot of audaxing, so we would always meet a lot of people. And then I guess a lot of people sort of just talk to other people who say, you need to go and speak to keep pedaling. So then when people come in, we're happy to chat with them. So, you know, people will come in and go, I've got this really crazy idea to ride my bike to Turkey. And we're like, yeah, you should so do that. And then we can, we can, you know, we can sort of tell them what we've done and what worked for us and what might work for you, you know. So we're, we're happy to chat with people and sort of, you know, share experiences. Um, but, yeah, we've always sort of just tried to, you know, and we, we on our website, you know, we put photos of us traveling and bits and pieces. So, you know, quite often people will look at the website and go, they'll walk in and see the dog. And go, oh my God, that's a dog that I've seen on your bike on the website, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, a lot of people come to see the dog. <laughs> okay, so basically the biggest thing that you do for the community is showing around the dog and people are coming to see the dog and then you can hook them up with a bike. Yes, the dog sells bikes. <laughs> Makes sense. Your sales manager is actually Olive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is the face of the shop. But yeah, I guess we've just always, we've always been very open about it. And I don't know, sometimes I think people try to create a mystique about these things. And, and it isn't. It's like Rich says, you know, you put your stuff on your bike and you go out and you might take a sleeping bag that's not that's not warm enough. So you have a really crap night and you're cold, but you know next time to take some socks and you'll be warmer. But it's like, you know, it nothing is that hard. You just have to try it once. And, and you know, and I guess that's what we say to people. Just go out there and do it. You know, you can't. 
you can't learn everything from the internet. You can't read enough that it's going to be perfect. You've got to go out and be cold and hungry and have a flat tire and not be able to fix it and this sort of stuff to actually be able to do it next time. And I think one of the good things about the social media experience now that it wasn't so much a few years ago was that now you athletes seem to be athletes and explorers and adventurers seem to be more open about their techniques and how they do it. It used to be that everything was a secret. Well, you need to go and figure it out yourself because we had to. But now I think more people are happy to say, well, this works for me. It might not work for you, but I'll put it out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, pick the bones out of that. Perfect. But are you also organizing something like, I don't know, night, I mean, something like screening of, uh, um, of films or movies into your shop in order to share this kind of experience or just, for example, I don't know, bikepacking 101, how to start bikepacking in, uh, in 2022 or stuff like this? Do you do also something like this or the only things that you do, you just welcome people there in the shop and tell their story, your story to them? Uh, yeah, I think we're, we're happy to give people a mini 101 whenever they're in the shop. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> in, yeah, it's, it's funny. In, in the past, our, our shop events <laughs> have mostly turned into very boozy affairs with, like, you know, with, with 70 customers drinking all night and then waking up in like parks in the morning. Um, and it's funny being right in the center of Manchester to actually get out of town to do rides with people normally involves like an hour ride to get out anywhere and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, people generally when we have shop dues, it's it's very much a social event. <laughs> okay, okay. Soma, do you organize also rides or overnighters together with your community or Yeah, I mean we, we do with some. I suppose the other funny thing about us as a shop is we have a lot of customers who come back time and time again. But Manchester's a very transient city, like a lot of cities. So, you know, you'll have people who work here for two years and then move on to somewhere else, but they'll come back to get their bike still, but they don't actually live in Manchester. Um, so it's like we have a very sort of a turnover of people that we'll see for a few years at a time before they move on to somewhere else or they get married, you know, and suddenly have children and things. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it's like a local bike shop that's not a local bike shop, if that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, it, it, yeah, it's, it's funny. I guess if we were in a smaller village or a smaller town, it would make sense. But, yeah, a lot, probably 50, 60% of our customers come from everywhere else but Manchester. And then, you know, there's a, there's a, a hardcore of people from Manchester. But then that sort of group of people might change in 18 months because one lot move out, another lot move in. So, yeah. It's city life. Yeah, it's city life, basically. It's, it's very much like that. We'd love, we'd love to live in, you know, run our shop from a small barn in uh, the east of Scotland. But the reality is it's great to be in the middle of everything. And it's easy for people to find us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. No, but it's cool, actually, because then we can actually translate it easily here by saying that your community is not a local community in terms of only the people that are around you, but it's kind of a, a communi- community that look alike you. I mean, you are the community because you are more or less share the same values and share the same ideas and share the same um idea of cycling exactly and cycling style so it's a bit more something like a broader idea of community than just 
the people that are in the neighborhood. Yeah, and, and it's funny because like when we go to events or turn up to things, we'll quite often bump into a dozen people that we've built their bikes or, you know, and, and then we'll bump into more people like in the middle of a race who go, oh my God, do you remember me? I came into your shop and you sold me this, that and the other. And it's like somebody from Switzerland who was visiting Manchester. So it's always quite... It's always quite strange that whenever we go out to ride our bike, we'll bump into somebody that we know from that we've met in the shop, but we can be at the other end of the country and we'll still meet people. So that's always quite strange. Yeah. So we, we can't love you in the middle of nowhere because we'll bump into someone. Yeah. I remember actually I was telling you before that I was in... Um... 2019, when we met the first time at the Silk Road Mountain Race, you already scratched at that time. Maybe we can talk quickly about that, or maybe not. And we were actually the, um, at the feet, really, at the bottom of the old Soviet road. It's called like this, right? Yes, I think so. And uh, I, I think that there were at least, uh, there was a pair actually from Manchester, and we talked about you guys, and I think that there was also somebody else there, that, and then we talked about you, but they were not of your area. And that's super cool, actually. I mean, really, the community that meets in um, events over events over events, even if you are not really living in the same city, but still you are friends or same community, because, yeah, you are actually... For sure, you are sharing the same bikes because everything comes your, from your shop. But also, you share the same values, and that's super cool. Yeah, yeah, we're not con yeah we're not constrained by geography. You know, just uh, the world is getting smaller and smaller just because we travel around and we're getting out seeing more things. So people uh, people are gravitating towards these, these kind of events. So it's good. Yeah, yeah. something that actually I want to pick up again from something that you were saying, Rich, is. Uh, um, the kind of idea that you also try to share there or from your shop and everything is that you don't need a special bike for each thing. You just probably need one bike to do a lot of things. That's why actually I think that the basics, I mean, the, really the basics of your shop, it's something like creating bikes, I mean, custom bikes for the customers. How is it? How is this approach? How do you actually... It's not only a bike, you're not just taking out from the shelves a bike and selling to people, but you're creating a project. How does it work usually? Well, we get many customers who who want a race bike. So they kind of, um, I suppose, we, we have a little bit of a formula for that kind of thing. But um, but if, yeah, if someone comes in and they say, well, I don't want to have two bikes. I don't want three bikes. I don't want a road bike and a gravel bike and a mountain bike. I want one to do everything. Which I guess is coming back to this this recent topic of uh, all terrain bikes. You know, mm -hmm. when mountain bikes when mountain bikes were first around, they weren't mountain bikes; they were all terrain bikes. So upright positions and fat tires, and it will do everything. You know, you don't you know a twenty-seven and a half by three-inch tire doesn't need to be fat and that doesn't need to be knobbly. It can be uh, can be slick too, but it gives you lots of comfort and will take you almost anywhere. Yeah. I I guess when people come in, though, we try to, we ask them, you know, we ask a lot of questions, I guess, how do you want to use it? Are you going to commute in it? Are you going to take it off-road? You know, is your off-road use only actually going to be like 10% of your use? And the on-road use, you know, is 90. So do you want to compromise this? So we try to get to the bottom of how they really want to use the bike. And then we can obviously sort of like make suggestions to try and build them the best bike that will basically sort of do everything that they need. So I suppose we spend a bit of time with people, don't we, sort of getting to what it is that they actually want out of it. 
yeah, asking questions so that they can ask themselves questions about what they actually want out of a bike. Do they really need skinny tires, fat tires, lots of gears, or a single speed? <laughs> That's uh, now this makes sense. It actually comes back to the fact of okay. Uh, how many bicycles do you need, right? Something like, you don't want to sell a new bike to people every year. Maybe yes, hopefully yes, if they're actually expanding really their horizont on adventuring. But on the other side, you really want to give the people the perfect bike for them so that they can use it over and over for many adventure. This comes actually for my next, to my next questions, people, and it's actually to the both of you directly. How many bicycles each do you have and also in common, maybe, if you want, if you're sharing some bikes, it's good. And, and, and the second one is, out of those ones, what's your favorite? I think we only have 13, I think, between us. Okay. So oh, six, six and a half each. Okay. okay. The, half the half is a tandem. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 I saw that one. And what's your favorite, then? I think my, my favorite... It's one that does I don't use as much as I should, but it's probably my, my silly one times one that I've had for eighteen years. Ooh. So it's and it's been through a lot of incarnations. It's been through several colours. Um but um but it's a lovely ride and they were getting it right all that time ago. So yeah, I love I love that bike. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, this means that actually tomorrow morning you're gonna pick it up and have a ride with it. Before work, I will get up at four o'clock, four AM and I will go out. I ride my one times one <laughs> before breakfast. <laughs> I love it. Fast before coffee. Yeah, before Drink coffee. <laughs> Nothing before coffee, people. What about you, Shona? What's your... I think that I understood, actually, that then you have six and a half bikes. What's your favorite out of those six and a half? Uh, currently, I think it's probably my Surly Midnight Special. Oof. Okay. I have been actually thinking about it forever as making it really my one only bike selling all my bikes and get only a midnight special would be actually one of my ideas yeah it's very good yeah so, so i use mine for commuting uh and then recently when we took the dog and went off-roading i took that because i couldn't be bothered sorting another bike out mm. uh, and i got a badge divide on it last year and it was good so yeah super comfy um very nice and have you seen the new purple color the purple sparkly color i love this <laughs> one and i love actually the other color that is kind of new is this kind of red how is it called the strawberry strawberry sparkle exactly also that one is pretty good i mean yeah 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 i have been thinking about that so because i don't have too many bikes as well if we want to go into the conversation we should not but we are gonna do it anyways i don't have so many bikes i have three bikes i have my bike that i will never never it's really following me in the last four uh international moving that i did so it's gonna come with me forever it's my first bike the first bike packing trip for in albania was done with that and now is my commuter bike Actually, is it my local bike shop being fixed? Uh, then I have a road bike that is a 3T Strada, one by. And then I have a gravel bike that is an open up. But my idea is that, okay, the, the, the first bike that we said that is actually a Peugeot Champagne of 1978 is going to stay with me forever. But I would like actually to combine the two other bikes all together with another steel bike. So my idea is that or getting a Surly Midnight Special, so I can put their 650Bs, 2.3 inches, 
wheels and tires and also some slick tires if I want to go a bit more faster. And, and also on the other side, I can really do everything. So this would be an option. The second option is having a custom make steel frame. So I would really never sell it and it's going to stay with me forever. Let's see what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I get a midnight special. Yeah, okay, okay. Super comfy. Okay, I'm gonna think about that. So yeah, okay, that's. Uh, I knew that I was arriving there. I would get in love with that after our talk together. <laughs> but that's great. Um, I have two little other questions because then uh, I know that you have to go. Uh, first of all, I want to talk actually about uh, your favorite loop that you have around. Manchester, around where you live, or even just around your area. Uh, I call it, as I was telling you, the um, uh, backyard ride. So what's your usual backyard ride when you go out just to clean your head or just to have an adventure for the weekend, where you would really go there and you don't need GPX, you don't need anything. You know where you are going, you know where to stop, you know where to eat, and you know that you're going to have fun and come back home with all the battery completely recharged. Mm, yeah, a Mary Tarry loop is probably good. It's, it's, it starts probably seven miles from the house. It's part of the whole Pennine Bridleway, so it's about a 47-mile loop uh, in the Pennines. Uh, so you get a little bit of tracks, a little bit of single track, a little bit of pack horse slabs, ups and downs, quite hilly. Um, it's, and you can, yeah, you can um, sneak out there behind a wall and put your head down and uh, get up the next morning to nothing. Uh, and it's great. You can, yeah, or you can just ride it in a in a in a day and do your just do your, you know, from our house round there. It's probably seventy miles, so a uh, good off road riding. Um, or we can head south and we like being, you know, we're we're Pennines North, Peak District South. We can do a similar loop down that way as well. But the backyard ride would be, and uh, Pennine Bridal Way, Marytown Loop. Perfect. I want to have the GPX track of it, so I'm going to put it in my collections. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you. The second thing, actually, the second question that I want to ask you is just name one. I know, we said already that, right? You have made a lot of adventure. We met at the Atlas Monte Race. We met at the Silk Road Monte Race that you did actually once and a half time and you were in Iceland you told me you did uh, something in um, Northern Africa side so you were out in a lot of adventures and that's important what's a piece of a piece of I mean something like um, something that you are bringing with you um, how do you, do you call it usually in English? Give me a second, I'm going to tell you. Uh, one piece of kit, let's say. It could be a gear kit or it could be actually accessory for the bike or whatever that you cannot travel without. I, I think from a boring safety point of view, you probably cannot do as much touring, be as much in the outdoors and not take a water filter. Makes sense. That's what I literally cannot live without. Wherever you are, even in the UK, there is nasties in the water. And if, even if you're three and a half thousand meters up the side of a mountain and you think the water is lovely. Okay. It probably isn't. <laughs> what about you, Shona? Do you have a piece of either um, something that you're bringing with you all the time? Um, I have a very small pair of down socks because wherever I sleep, I get incredibly cold feet. And it will keep me awake at night. So I always carry my little down socks to keep my feet warm. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, actually, I lied before. Sorry, go ahead. It, it's my luxury item. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. No, I was telling you that I lied before because I have two more questions. The first one, what's your next adventure? Um, 
I don't know, adventure. We have, uh, we're taking a train up north in a couple of weeks um, to Carlisle, and we're going to ride 200 miles back with the dog on the back of the Ghost Grappler. Wow. So um, that's a little doggy adventure before we get into a, a summer of harder riding, perhaps. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, before we have to start actually thinking about putting some miles into the Silk Road. So it's going to be, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about off records. It's going to be again Silk Road Monterey's on a tandem. Yep. Unfinished um, business. Yeah. This time all the way to the end. Yeah. And yeah, no, sleep, no sleeping in guest houses for me. Please don't. Please don't. If you, uh, let's do that. I'm not going to talk about that because we don't have enough time about what happened at the last Silk Road Monterey because you did it. So you started twice. 2018, the first edition, right? And 2019 yeah. with the tandem when we met. And if you want to know what's go, what happened there, I think that if you tune in in the last podcast that happened in the Silk Road Monterey, so the one of 2019, the one that I was producing, probably there you get listed to the story. But I'm super happy that you are tackling this challenge again, because I think that you have to finish this business now. And please let me know, send me messages or whatever, all the time there. Keep me posted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it's that thing, you know, because like people, the Silk Road is a hard race. It is. But it's not that hard. If you... <laughs> it was... It <laughs> It's not that hard if you take a sleeping bag that's warm enough and remember to take your gloves and remember to pick up food when you see it. Okay. You know, and, and the fact that we sort of go flippantly, we can do it on a tandem. We want to do it on the tandem because, you know, it's like we always say to people, you can do anything on anything. There's just varying degrees of difficulty to actually get there, to actually do it in the end. So, yeah, it's a personal challenge for us. And it's just a bit of a, you know, we can do it. As long as I don't go into a guest house. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes, absolutely. No, yeah, please don't do it. And uh, guest house really don't deserve you this time. Um, and actually, that you told me as well that there's going to be a kind of also a little party there. There are going to be many people of your community, so basically customers of the shop being there this year. And that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of customers there. So we have a long list of people that we have to be on the tandem as well. So um, we keep saying to all our customers who we're building bikes for, that you know they say are you going we say yeah and then we say we're taking the tandem and they look at us and we go yeah but it puts you one place closer to the podium it's not about us it's about them we're doing it for everybody else but, yeah. uh, but actually we have a long list of all these people that we're going to be <laughs> i love it i love it i can't i can't wait actually to see you but to see people your adventure there i really can't wait super excited for you <laughs> Exactly the same excitement that I had in my face when I saw the tandem in that school in Bishkek the time that we met, that time that we met. I said, are you really doing it? Yes, it's going to be easy. Okay. <laughs> you know, we were quicker on the tandem than we were on our single bikes. For two, only for two days. Only for two days, like, <laughs> like you know. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, it should be okay. You were also super fast anyways in your single bikes when uh, in the Atlas Monterey. So I remember exactly when we met in the last checkpoints. You had a phase that were way, was way more relaxed than mine, I can tell you. Probably because it's better to do this kind of event on a bike than on a media car. But that's another story. Um, yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> last thing that I want to ask you, and this is going to be quick. Can you please tell me, but especially to everybody who is listening to us, uh, where we can find you. I mean, your social media, your website, where you can follow your stories, where we can actually find you physically, maybe, if we are coming to Manchester. Uh, we are in the Northern Quarter, so we are five minutes from um, the bus station, five minutes from the railway station. Um, so the main 
what used to be the gardens, I guess, in Piccadilly, um, where you come into town on the bus. Uh, we are two streets away, so uh, very, very central. And uh, down the hill from the train station, very easy to find. Um, and uh, plenty of nice places to eat and drink here too. Perfect. And also nice coffee, I hope, in your shop. Coffee in the shop, coffee in the cafes. There's coffee everywhere here. That's perfect. It's, That's... it's in the drains. It's in the come falls from the sky. <laughs> That's super awesome. And what about the social media and the, the digital world? Um, so we have our keep underscore pedaling is our Instagram account. So we post a lot of the pictures. Well, we post pictures of us messing around on bikes and also all the builds we do. So a lot of people will look at that and then they'll come to the shop and go, I really like that bike. Build me something like that. And then we can start the process of what they actually want and how similar to that it may or may not be. Um, Yeah, we have a, a Facebook account, the Keep Pedaling Facebook account as well. And there is a blog on keeppedaling.co.uk. Um, and all the pictures of the bikes, again, they're, they're all on there on each individual page. has uh, lots of inspiration for people to look at. That's perfect. Uh, and people can find you all over the world. They can actually start a project with you all over the world. And that's amazing. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Bike, bikes from uh, Bike Salinka in uh, Israel. Uh, Marit, certainly we sent stuff back to America. America. Uh, <laughs> Iceland and uh, Ireland and uh, France. Spain, uh, Italy, yeah, Italy, yeah, and the, the northern, northern European countries, we sell, yeah, a few things too, so, yeah, yeah all over. And yeah. Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan, yeah. We've actually built bikes for the UK ambassador in Kyrgyzstan, who is racing again, and his son is racing as well this year. Really? So his son, yeah, so his son has also uh, been in to see us, because he's, he's studying in Manchester, So, yeah, yeah. So we have to beat the UK ambassador this year in Kyrgyzstan on the tandem as well, obviously. Of course, of course. Okay, that's. I didn't know, actually, that also um, the UK ambassador in Kyrgyzstan is also a cyclist and his son as well. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I need to know more about that. Probably I can interview him as well on the podcast at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, we'll put you in touch. That's amazing. <laughs> Rich Shona, it's great to, uh, that we had this talk today uh, about all these super cool things. Please keep pedaling, I mean, and also inspiring all of us in this way. Did we miss something? Did you want to, do you want to add something else? Probably something that we didn't mention and you want to mention anything? I mean, your microphone is my microphone. This show is yours. Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I just hope that um, talking to the other guys as well, you know, like you say, some people come in and they are a bit phased by the whole bike packing thing. And, you know, it is just a case of putting stuff on your bike and going out and doing it. You know, it's uh, sometimes you've got to pick through the rubbish that's on social media to, you know, to get to where you want to be, really. Um, and it's almost like there's too much information out there, isn't there, for people to absorb sometimes. But, um, Don't but be yeah. scared of getting dirty. <laughs> Absolutely. That's never. That's, I, I do that and I inspire people to do that because I never clean my bike. My bike is muddy since last year now. Fortunately, I don't keep it at home anymore. I bet your, lo I bet your local bike shop loves you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves you. Yeah, everybody loves me. Exactly. It's not a problem. Until I don't go dirty. No, it's better for me to be dirty than for my bike to be dirty when I bring it to the shop, actually, because I go out. The bike stays there. People, thanks a lot, really. I don't want to keep you away from your business, but it was super lovely. It's super amazing to talk with you today. 
We're just bringing the manager in for you. Ciao! <laughs> Ciao, Olive! Come stai? Ciao! Perfect. Thanks, people. I will talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, people, what do you think? Was it incredible? Yes, it was incredible. Thanks again, Shona. Thanks again, Rich. Thanks a lot for your time talking and also for showing me Olive at the end of the episode. It was just great. And I think you heard my reaction pretty clearly. So as I told you before, go out, support your local bike shop. They really deserve. And I really love actually the concept that I think Shona took out at a certain point. I mean, it's not local is not local anymore. It's uh, something where you share values probably mostly and uh, not only an area where you live and that's incredibly nice so your neighbor is not only where you live but also where you live your values thanks a lot for the chat i can't wait to come over to manchester to yeah have a live chat again or maybe we're gonna meet again in one of your adventure or my adventure in our adventures so yeah whatever let's do it and talking about adventures please people go and uh, Get your dose of adventure by visiting the website of Komoot and getting your free region, komoot.com slash G, like Greenland, and using the code BROOM. Plus, remember to subscribe to their notes from outside. A really great dose of adventure directly in your mailbox. The one that just arrived to my mailbox just yesterday is from Andrea. My friend Andrea, who lives in Berlin, and his amazing trip in Abruzzo. Read it, it's super inspiring, and thanks a lot, Andrea, to do it. It's super great. What else to say? Remember to register, subscribe, do whatever you want to do in your podcast app, because this would help me on climbing the charts, and support BKI Geese, Bike Geese, wow, the charity from Berlin, teaching women refugees to ride their bike, down below is the link, and down below is the link as well to the coffee link. There you can drop me some coins and keep this podcast independent. I have the last question for you people. If you arrived here, it means that you were really interested. So I just want to ask you one thing. What do you think I have to do? We had this conversation with Rich and Shona into the episode. Shall I make for me the one doing all bike as a custom-made bike or shall I take a certainly midnight special? I can't decide. You tell me what. Bye, people. I will talk to you in a bit. 